0: Greetings and welcome once again to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch the Muppet Movie two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. And
1: I'm your other host, Anthony Strand.
0: And today we have a guest who I am particularly excited about. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy, so happy we managed to book this guest. I can't believe we got her. Introduce yourself, guest.
2: Hi, I'm Stacy Rosen. And I am married to Ryan.
0: That is you. <laughs> And you've also written uh, a number of uh, articles for ToughPix.com.
2: I have done that.
0: Including the, uh, the Bert and Ernie pyramid, the... Uh, uh, Analysis, which yeah, nightmare fuel. Yes. Uh, Oh, and you wrote our theme song to this podcast. I did do that. I was going to say you're you're part of our creative team. Aww. Yes, exactly. And uh, today we are looking at minutes sixty one and sixty two. I wrote down sixty one and sixty one. I knew that didn't sound (laughs) right. Sixty one and sixty two of the Muppet movie, in which Professor Craftsman straps Kermit into the electronic cerebrectomy machine. And Miss Piggy strikes back as Craftsman begins to wonder what the heck's going, and that's where we leave it. What the heck's going? <laughs> so uh, at the beginning of this clip, Hopper and Max leave uh, Professor Craftsman to do his work. They just exit the barn, which is kind of a villain cliche, I guess. Like the they they made fun of it in Austin Powers with Dr. Evil. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna put this. This evil scheme in motion, but I'm not going to actually watch it kill you. It's it's kind of that same kind of villain thing.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a well. I like how he's just kind of like bring me what's left of the frog and like cackles on his way out, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess it also it's it's practical because it means that uh, Hopper and Max are not there when Miss Piggy goes crazy, as we'll get to in a minute. But that means that they're not part of the whole. You know, it's too early to take down Hopper, so he's not that Right, right. when that happens.
1: Right, Th- that's why. But also, it does give Mel Brooks an excuse to do one of his best line readings in this whole movie, which is, you can have everything, excuse the brain! And he does that. <laughs> he does that, like, shoulder wiggle while he says it, because he's so proud of himself for yeah. saying it like that.
2: I'll be honest, I wasn't exactly sure what he said there until you just repeated it. I yeah, he,
1: was he, he trying he didn't to say
2: accept? And he messed I up. Think, do you think Well,
1: I think that's what it's supposed to mean. I think it's just Mel Brooks improvising. Is my guess. Uh, right, he, he's just like saying it like a weirdo because yeah, it's, that's not that's what
0: got in this movie. That's not what people say. People don't say excuse the whatever. They say except for the whatever.
1: Right, but I mean, I think we also Craftsman's first language is not English.
0: That's right? true. We talked about that before.
1: So I think that's acceptable for that reason. Also, it's funnier this way. True. Sure. Sure. You know, I don't know. Like, it, it, it does feel kind of strange that we're still talking about how great Mel Brooks is, because that's all we talked about in the last episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he continues to be great. He's so good. So good. Uh, so yeah, uh, hopper, Hopper's hopper gone. Craspin is going to give him what's left of the frog. Uh, this is when Piggy says to Kermit as they're. As the goons are grabbing Kermit, uh, whatever happens, I wouldn't give up this evening together for anything, would you? Kermit says, uh, make me an offer. Which I said this last week, but I just love when the Muppets do really dry humor like that, and Kermit is really great at
1: it. Well, and um, like I was thinking about this, that line specifically feels so much more like the Kermit and Piggy relationship of the Muppet shit. Sure. where he just kind of is annoyed by her flirting with him, right? right? Like, like, in most of this movie, he's, like, a dashing romantic hero when they're together. And he's, like, super into her. But for that one line, he snaps back into being Muppet Show Kermit, right? It's very much the same tone of anytime time she's flirting with him, and he's just like, go away, I have work to do.
0: Yeah, just kind of annoyed in general, which, you know, that was such a big deal when the Muppets ABC series started. People didn't like seeing bitter Kermit, but I like seeing bitter Kermit occasionally. Right.
2: Well, Piggy just loves, like, the romantic drama of this. This is, like, every damsel in distress movie she's ever seen played out. Now she gets to be a part of it, and she just can't wait to be rescued.
0: Right, right. Yeah, which is not exactly how it's going to play out, which is even more brilliant on the filmmaker's part. So the goon picks up Kermit and hands him to Craftsman, uh, which... At that moment, it cuts from a shot of the hand puppet Kermit to a remote control Kermit when you see his whole body. And he's kind of like fidgeting and looking around, which is one of these things that most people never think about or even notice. It's just like there's Kermit and then cut to a different shot. And that's still Kermit.
2: Yeah, I actually have that in my notes because when I was a kid, I would have never questioned it. I would have never even paid attention to the puppetry, but now that I'm an adult and I've been able to appreciate the craft more, it was really fun to watch and try to figure out how they made that happen.
0: Yeah, when you're a kid, you're not saying, wait, where's the puppeteer's arm in this shot?
1: Right. Well, and I think the fact that it's all in wide shots, so we're not seeing the close-up of of the radio-controlled Kermit, I think that really helps. You
2: think that helps, like, with the illusion of it all? Yeah, I
1: think that helps the illusion because in the, like, Kermit, he's moving kind of stiffly, but he's being carried by a strange man also. So and I he's think like trying it, to get out, you know? That if, even if,
2: helps the magic more because when it's close up, I always just assume there's a hand there and it's just right out of view of the screen.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, sure. And, oh, no, I- usually I- there is. I feel like they try not to draw too much attention to the the remote control puppets. Like There's a shot when they land in the pond in Great Muppet Caper where it's, it, it's a little bit... It doesn't look quite as convincing when you can tell that they're not the normal hand puppets.
1: Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's where Kermit is very stiff, and he says, Happiness Hotel, that sounds great. And he looks like a Hall of Presidents figure. Like, he's (laughs) very stiffly.
0: Yes, which, when you're at the Hall of Presidents, those animatronic figures are very impressive. But when you've just gone from this extremely expressive, malleable hand puppet to that. It's it's a little more uh, conspicuous.
1: Right, right. Uh,
0: so Professor Craftsman straps Kermit into the machine. Um, we've comment it's been a while, we've commented on previous episodes about all the different mouth sounds that Kermit makes in this movie. <laughs> so he's doing several of them here. He's just kind of like, ah, 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 yeah. like he's it's very well, uh,
1: and and as he's being carried over to the machine, he's going, uh uh,
0: uh, uh. Yeah.
2: That's probably how you guys would sound if you were being carried to this electrocute.
0: Boy, I, I hope I oh, never guys. find out. Yeah. yeah. So he, uh... Oh, yeah, and Craftsman has the line, Will you stop whimpering? Go out like a frog, not like a little toad.
1: What's so interesting to me about that line is... Okay, as, we, as we've as we discussed, Mel Brooks's accent varies wildly in this movie. <laughs> but the word toad... It's he it sounds so much like he's doing a, you know, a weak British accent, but a British accent, right? Go out like a frog, not like a little towed. toad.
0: Toad.
2: Yeah. What that is. Toad. I feel like his accent throughout this scene is a mixture of German, like Yiddish bubby, <laughs> and like Brooke, yeah. and Brooklyn Jew, which are like which makes sense because those are the three accents that he probably grew up most around
1: right right for sure i didn't notice
2: the british toad i have to re-listen to that
1: it's just it's just that one word (laughs) it's like
2: a derogatory word do you think like being called a toad to a frog yeah that was that
0: was my question yeah
2: what does it mean to be a toad
0: are toads (laughs) so different well known for being less brave or less strong-willed than frogs
1: there's i mean they're lazier right like they just kind of sit there they don't hop as much
0: is that true
2: Do you think they they roll their eyes when they're called one or the other, like how someone from like one Asian country might roll their eyes when someone assumes they're from a different one?
0: Yeah, that's possible. Wonder if these are like I'm not a toad, I'm a frog. Yeah, Um, is it is it Charles Grodin in uh, the Muppets at Walt Disney World who calls him Kismet the Toad?
1: Um, No, he just calls him Kismet. Kismet the Toad is the name of the Kermit the Frog impersonator. In the Muppet Show comic by Roger Langridge.
0: Right. I knew it was one of those. You
2: guys are so nerdy. Not
0: to be confused with Constantine, the Kermit the Frog impersonator from Muppets Most Wanted, who was a frog. Right. So. uh, And then we have another instance of Craftsman addressing the machine as hair machine.
2: Oh. Is that what he's saying? Yeah.
0: he, He addresses it as if it's a person.
2: Huh. Just uh, like last
0: time. It's it's one of his coworkers. Yeah, I hadn't really noticed that before, but he does it a couple of times.
2: Can we talk about uh, how Kermit would have easily been able to get his arms out from this device? Have you seen how much space is there when he gets shackled?
0: Well, yeah, he turns on yeah. these hand clamps and foot clamps, but it, it does look like there's some wiggle room. There's a
2: lot of wiggle room.
1: Kermit has very skinny arms and legs, <laughs>
2: yes. is the
1: thing. <laughs> Although the machine is built for frogs, so why, is, why isn't it more... You know, fitted to a, to a frog's body type.
2: Well, and Kermit is an especially large frog. We have learned from how excited Doc Hopper was to see him.
0: Yeah, true. I don't know. I I, I guess we've seen Muppet frogs who are bigger, like um, some of the. There must have been a frog in in the Frog Prince who was bigger than Kermit, maybe.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Or what I'll was the
0: what was the character in Kermit years? There's a big guy in that, uh, isn't there?
1: Uh yeah, Croker.
0: Yeah, Croker would have fit snugly in this machine.
2: In the Muppets <laughs> Take Manhattan, do we know for sure that all of those ad execs are frogs? Do they ever say that?
1: Um, no, but they 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 sound like frogs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they all they all say hmm, the same way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they must be frogs. That sounds like yeah. the most racist thing you've said so far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're frogs. But um, yeah, so then Mel Brooks has the line, "You can struggle all you want now, Frog. It'll do you very little good." Which this is actually kind of scary. Yeah.
1: Well, I was gonna say, like when when I was a kid, when the helmet is being lowered onto Kermit, that was easily this. Like that was the only thing in this movie that scared me.
2: Wait, hold on. We have to get the terminology right. It's not a helmet. It's a beanie. <laughs> he calls well, it a beanie, which is well, hilarious because that's what people call, like, the yarmulke, the kippah that Jews wear.
1: Well, what you missed last week is that the first time, Mel Brooks actually says the electronic yarmulke.
2: Oh, he does? Yeah. Oh, yeah. see, I haven't watched it in a while. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's hilarious. Because that's what people always call them. People who don't know what they're called. They're like, you know those beanies? Right, right.
1: So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that's intentional on his part. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: But- but yeah, I really like, and again, like, I, we, we both, like, by both, I mean, Ryan and I, we keep ex- assuming that he ad-libbed or came up with most of these jokes. They just sound so much like him. Like, oh, for sure. Serial sounds so much more like Mel Brooks than it does like Jerry Jewell or Jack Burns that it seems like he must have written most and of And
2: I them. feel like Mel Brooks is much more invested, I feel, creatively in sort of, um, satirizing the whole you know world war ii scenario like with the producers and then with this character he obviously wants to show how ridiculous these you know german doctors or scientists were i feel like this is very much some sort of like therapy for him
1: yeah for sure
2: i wouldn't be surprised if he's the one if they just said hey you're a mad scientist and he was like oh hey why don't i be this like crazy german scientist I yeah, would be surprised. that
0: would be surprising at all. Yeah, it's definitely a much smaller part in in the earlier draft of the script that we have. It's there's a lot less craftsmen in that draft.
1: Sure. Well, like I mean, as we just he basically takes the movie over for three minutes.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> he takes it <laughs> away from the Muppets, which is unusual.
1: Right. It becomes a Mel Brooks movie. Yes.
2: For a, quite a long chunk. Like, do but we it's th- a good one, th- do we think know? the writers so, wrote the kosher bacon line? <laughs>
1: No, they must not have, right? Like, I was thinking about that. Like, so by kosher bacon, specifically, he means he won't be able to tell you from something that's not a pig, right? Like, that's the gag.
2: I don't know. I thought the gag was, and I was going to ask you guys about this. First of all, did you both as kids, you know, not being Jewish, understand that that was like a completely oxymoronic statement that...
1: Maybe oh, not it's at all. Not no, kosher? I knew as a kid. I knew the word kosher from kosher dills.
2: Okay, only. like
1: yeah, I you knew really that have it was, a concept kosher, of was it on pickles, and and that's it.
2: I feel like so. I feel like the kosher bacon line was just a joke for himself. Like he could have <laughs> just been bacon, and he's like, "Why don't I say kosher bacon?" Because that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I did. See, see I did cursory Google search, and there are products that exist now. I yes. don't know if they existed in the seventies, but there are you know like there's
2: turkey turkey bacon bacon, which would that be kosher well if it if it's you know blessed prepared by yeah
0: so i guess ordained rabbi there could be (laughs) bacon that comes from other animals that is kosher and there's also like fake meat products that are that are kosher that they you know they fake bacon yeah i feel like
2: you guys are giving way too much credit (laughs) to that joke i really just think he was trying to be silly
1: Right. I'm sure you're right. Well, and like, like you said, like, I'm sure none of that stuff existed in 1979 either. Right. You know, like, I'm sure there was. <laughs> yeah. Anyways,
0: it's a good joke. It's also funnier to say he won't know you from kosher bacon than it would have been to say he won't know you from a soy based bacon substitute.
2: I don't think it's fair to knock the soy-based bacon substitutes. I have made you bacon before. <laughs> so it's and you delicious. You have enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying it's not as funny.
2: It's true.
0: Um, but speaking of that, I, I want to go back just a second to um, the line when he's putting the, the electronic beanie on Kermit's head. And he says, soon there will be enough voltage coursing through your little frog brain to light up Cincinnati. Uh, that's one of those things where there are certain, just like there are certain funny words, there are certain cities that just sound funny, Absolutely. and Cincinnati is, is yes. definitely one of them. and
2: Albuquerque is another one.
0: Albuquerque. I was trying to think of others, like Peoria, Tallahassee, oh, Sheboygan. I,
2: I,
1: I think Des Moines. That's yeah. a, that's always been my go-to. Really funny? Oh,
2: wow, I didn't even I, know.
1: I don't know. In the Midwest, Des Moines is funny.
0: <laughs> I think the oi sound in Des Moines is funny. It's, it's similar to well, Sheboygan. It,
1: and I think, yeah, I think, like, Des Moines, it's like, it's so French, it's supposed to sound so classy, and then you go there, and it, like, it's, it's every other city in Iowa, right? <laughs> like, right. What else do people say? Timbuktu, that's yeah. a
2: funny one. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, yeah, enough voltage coursing through your little frog brain to light up Des Moines, to light up Timbuktu. But, yeah, they're just, some cities just sound funny. Cincinnati. Bangor, Maine,
1: I always thought was really funny when I was a kid.
0: To light up... (laughs) That's one, though, where I feel like you would have to say the name of the state, too. You couldn't just say to light up Bangor.
1: Nobody knows what that is. Right.
0: You would have to say to light up Bangor, Maine. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that. Um, Yeah, then we have the kosher bacon line. um, And that's what sets Miss Piggy off, which is funny and so true to Piggy because it's not that she reacts to the craftsman and the guys manhandling Kermit or threatening to wipe his memory but it's when he makes a bacon joke at her expense that's when she goes crazy the other interesting thing about that though like what we were just talking about um in the world famous june 12 1978 draft of the screenplay craftsman doesn't say kosher bacon in fact he says he won't know you from smoked ham hocks I don't know yeah, so Mel is.
1: Brooks definitely wrote that.
0: <laughs> definitely. With, <laughs> yeah, with Hamhocks is is also not as funny as kosher bacon. And uh-uh. didn't he just say Hamhocks in the previous clip? He calls her Miss Hamhocks.
1: He does. Yep.
0: So yeah, that wouldn't have been funny twice.
1: So much like Superman turning, going, reversing time by going around the Earth backwards, twice in Superman one and two, Richard Donner cut. They decided that they had to change one of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if only we. It would be interesting to see what would have happened if Richard Lester had directed this movie instead.
1: Actually, that would have been pretty good.
0: I yeah, mean, actually, I think he he could have done this at, at the time.
1: I mean, they hired Jim Frawley because he directed The Monkeys, and The yeah. Monkeys is supposed to look like a Richard Lester movie. So,
0: oh yeah, yeah, it all it's all connected. <laughs> yep. Now, Piggy proceeds to use her karate moves to mop the floor with Hopper's goons.
1: She busts out the angry eyes and
0: she
1: has those huge angles, which are hilarious, but also, am I crazy or is this, like, the most beautiful Miss Piggy has ever looked?
2: Okay, no. You're wrong. Since (laughs) since you asked. First of all... I think she
1: looks so great with those giant eyes.
2: Oh my gosh. So, the whole reason I requested to be present on this particular episode was because I basically needed some exposure therapy. That scene... (laughs) Traumatized me. Whenever, first of yeah. all, Muppets eyes are like that. What's that song that uh, Ernie is in where he's counting and he gets all dazed because he's well. Been there's up? a
0: there's a sketch where the Count sleeps over and he keeps Ernie up all night counting. Yes, and, and, and then Ernie, be- we see Ernie in the next morning and he's all his eyes are all like he's been awake all. Yeah, time.
2: I'm sorry. Whenever the eyes are altered on Muppets in general, I think it's creepy. But specifically, these eyes are so terrifying that I was like I need to like deal with this but then when Ryan was clipping um, the scene to send to me to watch I saw it out of the corner of my eyes and do you remember what I did I actually screamed yeah I do I did I totally like jumped out of my seat I was like oh no he's like you asked for this I'm like I was wrong I made a mistake (laughs) (laughs) it's terrifying you know what I shouldn't say she isn't beautiful because I haven't sat to like look at her through that lens, but I i have to say, I would be surprised if I'm the only person that found this really terrifying oh, I'm and disturbing. sure you are.
1: Yeah, no, I'm sure you're right.
0: Which is interesting, because we really only see the angry eyes for a few shots, maybe two or three yeah, shots.
2: Yeah, it's enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it does, you know, we talked a lot about how the performers are able to, they're such good puppeteers that they can really sell the emotions of the characters, despite the fact that usually their faces don't really change it's all in the acting but in this case it really it really enhances this and and gets the point across that piggy really means business
2: it's terrifying
0: but so how do you feel now having watched it again
2: not good
0: (laughs) well i'm sorry we subjected you to it
2: Maybe a few more viewings. I mean, now I know to expect it. I know exactly, since I analyzed these scenes so closely, I know exactly how many frames. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's an in-between eye too that isn't the most startling one before it goes back to her regular eyes. But I'd have to look again to be sure.
0: Oh, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. How do you feel about uh, the gag in Game of a Caper where Gonzo takes a picture of everyone and their eyes are like little tiny, little tiny... uh, pupils
2: no no you also know you should know anthony that i'm also really against the puppets in the muppet world that just have like black beady eyes like the babies and muppets take oh yeah
1: actually my uh my wife roz really hates those babies (laughs)
2: see i hate those babies and and then now we're
1: in a position where my three-year-old thinks they're adorable (laughs) <laughs> and excited every time she sees them. She's like, "There's the babies," and eyes, is just like, "No, uh-uh, the babies uh-uh. creep
2: me out." And I hate to say it because I know how beloved a character he is, but even Bean Bunny kind of weirds me out a bit with his eyes. Like, I have to not yeah. think about it. And whenever they have like talking vegetables on Sesame Street, anything with those black beady eyes, it gives me sure. a moment, a moment of pause.
1: <laughs> yeah, That's I'm kind really of indifferent to them, but I can see that.
2: <laughs>
0: That's really interesting because Bean was designed to be like a cute stuffed animal.
2: I know. But,
0: um, I also have a, a, a little trivia note about the Angry Eyes. They were made by Kathy Mullen. Wow. She was working on this film and she told us when we interviewed her for Tough Pigs a couple of years ago that she made the Angry Eyes. So you have her to thank or blame for your childhood trauma.
2: Well, good to know.
1: Um, I, so... Moving on to the actual content of Piggy's fight sequence here. Yeah. Kicking and chopping her way through the, through the cabal of villains.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I love that we see her take out three guys in one long, unbroken shot. Oh, is,
0: yeah, is it three?
1: There's three, yeah. Three in a row where she kicks one guy, turns around and chops another guy, turns around and chops another guy. It's
2: great. Oh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, It's so great. It's like Miss Piggy is, I don't know, Electra or Wonder Woman for a second (laughs) right like it's so good
2: there's also some really good foley work done in that scene i noticed it wasn't like the conventional punching sound that's really overused today in movies and tv but they made they also made each like action that she did had a slightly different sound effect which i appreciated Mm.
0: yeah huh um yeah and i I, this is i feel like this is one of those things that the audience at the time would have been waiting for because Piggy's karate chopping had been well established on the Muppet Show. It was a part of her character, and she was very popular. So, it was right. like, this is giving the fans what they want. She just she totally goes crazy with her karate moves in this scene.
2: Do you think that was the first part they wrote? They're like, we have to get the karate <laughs> chop in, and then just worked in both directions. They from built a the whole movie around
1: it. <laughs> they, they filled in a movie around it.
0: Yeah, um, I, I also like the fact that it, it switches a few times between the the more sort of conventional wide shots, and then actually from the goons' point of view with Miss Piggy, like, leaping toward the camera, oh, and yeah. then from Piggy's point of view with the goons kind of rushing and then falling down. I just like that, that camera work. I didn't
2: even think about that.
1: Yeah, it looks great.
0: And then, I don't know if... I'm sure you've noticed the when you hear the voices of these guys, they're dubbed by the Muppet performers. You can specifically... Yes! Oh, I no, have notes about that in the next, I heard Jim Henson and Frank Oz for sure. Yeah,
2: I heard. I thought I was hearing something. I thought I was just making more out of it than it was.
1: Yeah, well, in, in the next episode, I wrote down some specific lines that I could definitely make out as Jim and Frank.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, so we can get to that in next week. Um, and yeah, actually, that is all I have for these particular minutes. Did you have any other?
2: Well, I found a little piece of trivia and I don't know if you guys talked about it last week, but apparently the lab coat that Mel Brooks's character is wearing with it saying like prof, you know, P-R-O-F on the back is supposed to be a reference to the costume that he wore in Blazing Saddles where he was a governor and it just says G-O-V on the back of it. I think it was- Oh, on Wiki. you're right? Yeah. Uh, it, huh. it was on the, I think it was the Muppet Wiki or some kind of Wiki that I saw that, um, yeah. So that was a fun little callback, I guess, for Mel Brooks fans.
0: Yeah. Do you think huh. that was... Uh, I, yeah, it's been too long since I saw Blazing Saddles. Clearly, I, I don't remember that, so...
2: Well, I have a picture of it right here that I printed out <laughs> okay, for you to we'll, look at. we we'll
0: put that when we uh, Yeah, when apparently, we it's episode. at the end
2: of the scene. Like, he has, like, one really prominent scene where you don't see the back of him, and then at the very end, you see that he's wearing yeah, his suit. Yeah, it just that
0: says gov And G-O-V. it is, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not standard, I don't think, for... Scientists who wear their names on the back of their okay. lab coats. So yeah, maybe it was intentional.
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. So uh, any other thoughts on minutes sixty one and sixty two?
1: No, I think that's it for me.
2: I'm good too. All
0: right. In that case, we will wrap things up for this episode. Uh, don't forget, everyone, to check out ToughPigs.com on the internet for lots more Muppet fun. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and all kinds of other places. And, you know, if you have something to say about this episode or any other episode, feel free to to chime in and let us know on social media or by dropping by the Tough Pigs Forum, which you can find a link to on the front page of toughpigs.com. You can find... Me on Twitter at me Ryan Rowe. You can find Anthony at Zeppo Marxist and Stacy. Where can people find you on the internet?
2: Well, I'm in a few different places, but I did recently join the Twitter sphere, and I need people to read what I have to say about important things like egg rolls. So you can find me at Stacy said what? That's Stacy spelled S T A C I.
0: Alright, yeah. Everyone check that out. And be sure to join us right here next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye!
1: Goodbye! Eat some kosher bacon! <laughs>